Book Four, Canto Nine, of the Fairy Queen by Edmund Spencer. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Canto Nine. The spire of low degree released, Paina takes to wife. Britomart fights with many knights. Prince Arthur stints their strife. Hard is the doubt and difficult to deem when all three kinds of love together meet and do dispart the heart with power extreme whether shall weigh the balance down to wheat the dear affection unto kindred sweet or raging fire of love to womankind or zeal of friends combined with virtues meet but of them all the band of virtuous mind meseems the gentle heart should most assured bind for natural affection soon doth cease and quench it is with cupid's greater flame but faithful friendship doth them both suppress and them with maestring discipline doth tame through thoughts aspiring to eternal fame for as the soul doth rule the earthly mass and all the service of the body frame so love of soul doth love of body pass no less than perfect gold surmounts the meanest brass all which who list by trial to assay shall in this story find approved plain in which these squires true friendship more did sway than either care of parents could refrain or love of fairest lady could constrain for though paina were as fair as morn yet did this trusty squire with proud disdain for his friend's sake her offered favour scorn and she herself her sire of whom she was born now after that prince arthur granted had to yield strong succour to that gentle swain who now long time had lain in prison sad he gan advise how best he mote derain that enterprise for greatest glory's gain that headless tyrant's trunk he reared from ground and having imped the head to it again upon his usual beast it firmly bound and made it so to ride as it alive was found then did he take that chased squire and laid before the rider as he captive were and made his dwarf though with unwilling aid to guide the beast that did his maester bear till to his castle they approached near whom when the watch that kept continual ward saw coming home all void of doubtful fear he running down the gate to him unbarred whom straight the prince ensuing in together fard there he did find in her delicious bower the fair piena playing on a rote complaining of her cruel paramour and singing all her sorrow to the note as she had learned readily by rote that with the sweetness of her rare delight the prince half rapt began on her to dote till better him bethinking of the right he her unwares attached and captive held by might whence being forth produced when she perceived her own dear sire she called to him for aid but when of him no answer she received but saw him senseless by the squire upstayed she weened well that then she was betrayed then gan she loudly cry and weep and wail and that same squire of treason to upbraid but all in vain her plaints might not prevail ne none there was to rescue her ne none to bail then took he that same dwarf and him compelled to open unto him the prison door and forth to bring those thralls which there he held 
thenceforth were brought to him above a score of knights and squires to him unknown afore all which he did from bitter bondage free and unto former liberty restore amongst the rest that squire of low degree came forth full weak and wan not like himself to be whom soon as fair emilia beheld and placidus they both unto him ran and him embracing fast betwixt them held striving to comfort him all that they can and kissing oft his visage pale and wan that fair piena then beholding both gan to envy and bitterly to ban through jealous passion weeping inly wroth to see the sight perforce that both her eyes were loath but when a while they had together been and diversely conferred of their case she though full oft she both of them had seen asunder yet not ever in one place began to doubt when she them saw embrace which was the captive squire she loved so dear deceived through great likeness of their face for they so like in person did appear that she uneath discerned whether whether were and eke the prince when as he them avised their like resemblance much admired there and mazed how nature had so well disguised her work and counterfeit herself so near as if that by one pattern seen somewhere she had them made a paragon to be or whether it through skill or error were thus gazing long at them much wondered he so did the other knights and squires which them did see then gan they ransack that same castle strong in which he found great store of hoarded treasure the which that tyrant gathered had by wrong and tortious power without respect or measure upon all which the britain prince made seizure and afterwards continued there a while to rest himself and solace in soft pleasure those weaker ladies after weary toil to whom he did divide part of his purchased spoil and for more joy that captive lady fair the fair piena he enlarged free and by the rest did set in sumptuous chair to feast and frolic now the more would she show gladsome countenance nor pleasant glee but grieved was for loss both of her sire and eke of lordship with both land and fee but most she touched was with grief entire for loss of her new love the hope of her desire but her the prince through his well-wanted grace to better terms of mildness did entreat from that foul rudeness which did her deface and that same bitter corsive which did eat her tender heart and made refrain from meat he with good thews and speeches well applied did mollify and calm her raging heat for though she were most fair and goodly died yet she it all did mar with cruelty and pride and for to shut up all in friendly love sith love was first the ground of all her grief that trusty squire he wisely well did move not to despise that dame which loved him lief till he had made of her some better brief but to accept her to his wedded wife thereto he offered for to make him chief of all her land and lordship during life he yielded and her took so stinted all their strife from that day forth in peace and joyous bliss they lived together long without debate in a private jar in a spite of enemies could shake the safe assurance of their state and she whom nature did so fair create that she might match the fairest of her days yet with lewd loves and lust intemperate had it defaced thenceforth reformed her ways that all men much admired her change and spake her praise 
thus when the prince had perfectly compiled these pairs of friends in peace and settled rest himself whose mind did travel as with child of his old love conceived in secret breast resolved to pursue his former quest and taking leave of all with him did bear fair amoret whom fortune by bequest had left in his protection while ear exchanged out of one into another fear fear of her safety did her not constrain for well she wist now in a mighty haunt her person late in peril did remain who able was all dangers to withstand but now in fear of shame she more did stand seeing herself all solely succorless left in the victor's power like vassal bond whose will her weakness could no way repress in case his burning lust should break into excess but cause of fear sure had she none at all of him who goodly learned had of yore the course of loose affection to forestall and lawless lust to rule with reason's lore that all the while he by his side her bore she was as safe as in a sanctuary thus many miles they two together wore to seek their loves dispersed diversely yet neither showed to other their heart's privity at length they came where as a troop of knights they saw together skirmishing seemed six were they all all full of fell despite but four of them the battle best beseemed that which of them was best mote not be deemed those four were they from whom false florimel by braggadocio lately was redeemed to wheat stern druon and lewd clarabel love lavish blandamour and lustful paradel druon's delight was all in single life and unto ladies love would lend no leisure the more was Clarabel enraged rife with fervent flames, and loved out of measure. So eke loved Blandamour, but yet at pleasure would change his liking, and new lemons proved. The paradel of love did make no treasure, but lusted after all that did him move. So diversely these four disposed were to love. But those two other which beside them stood were Britomart and gentle Scudamore, who all the while beheld their wrathful mood, and wondered at their implacable stour, whose like they never saw till that same hour, so dreadful strokes each did at other drive, and laid on load with all their might and power, as if that every dint the ghost would rive out of their wretched courses, and their lives deprive. As when Dan Aeolus, in great displeasure for loss of his dear love by Neptune Hent, sends forth the winds out of his hidden treasure upon the sea to wreak his fell intent, they, breaking forth with rude unruliment from all four parts of heaven, do rage full sore, and toss the deeps, and tear the firmament, and all the world confound with wild uproar, as if instead thereof they chaos would restore. Cause of their discord and so fell debate was for the love of that same snowy maid whom they had lost in tournament of late, and seeking long to wheat which way she strayed, met here together where through lewd upbraid of Ate and Duessa they fell out, and each one taking part in other's aid, this cruel conflict raised thereabout, whose dangerous success depended yet in doubt. For sometimes Paradel and Blandamour the better had, and bet the others back. Eftsoons the others did the field recower, and on their foes did work full cruel rack. Yet neither would their fiend-like fury slack, but evermore their malice did augment, till that uneath they forced were for lack of breath 
their raging rigor to relent, and rest themselves for to recover spirits spent. Then gan they change their sides, and new parts take, for Paradel did take to Druon's side, for old despite, which now forth newly break gainst Blandamore, whom always he envied, and Blandamore to Clarabel relied, so all afresh gan former fight renew, as when two barks, this carried with the tide, that with the wind, contrary courses sue. If wind and tide do change, their courses change new. Thenceforth they much more furiously gan fare, as if but then the battle had begun. Na helmets bright, na hauberks strong did spare, that through the clifts the vermeil blood outspun, and all adown their riven sides did run. Such mortal malice wonder was to see in friends professed, and so great outrage done. But sooth is said, and tried in each degree, faint friends, when they fall out, most cruel foemen be. Thus they long while continued in fight, till Scudamore and that same Britain maid by fortune in that place did chance to light, whom soon as they with wrathful eye berayed, they gan remember of the foul upbraid, the which that Britannus had to them done in that late tourney for the snowy maid, where she had them both shamefully fordone, and eke the famous prize of beauty from them won. Eftsoons, all burning with a fresh desire of fell revenge, in their malicious mood they from themselves gan turn their furious ire and cruel blades, yet steaming with hot blood, against those two let drive as they were wood, who, wondering much at that so sudden fit, yet not dismayed, them stoutly well withstood, na yielded foot, na once a back did flit, but being doubly smitten, likewise doubly smit, the warlike dame was on her part assayed of Clarabel and Blandamore at home, and Paradel and Druon fiercely laid at Scudamore, both his professed foam. Four charged two, and two surcharged one, yet did those two themselves so bravely bear, that the other little gained by the loan, but with their own repaid duly weir, and usury withal, such gain was gotten dear. Full oftentimes did Britomart essay to speak to them, and some emparlance move, but they for naught their cruel hands would stay, ne lend an ear to aught that might behoove. As when an eager mastiff once doth prove the taste of blood of some engorged beast, no words may rate nor rigor him remove from greedy hold of that his bloody feast. So little did they hearken to her sweet behest. Whom, when the Briton prince afar beheld, with odds of so unequal match oppressed, his mighty heart with indignation swelled, and inly grudge filled his heroic breast. Eftsoons himself he to their aid addressed, and thrusting fierce into the thickest press, divided them, however loath to rest, and would them fain from battle to surcease, with gentle words persuading them to friendly peace. But they so far from peace or patience were, that all at once at him gan fiercely fly, and lay on load as they him down would bear, like as a storm which hovers under sky long here and there, and round about doth sty, at length breaks down in rain, and hail, and sleet, first from one coast, till not thereof be dry, and then another, till that likewise fleet, and so from side to side, till all the world it weet. 
But now their forces greatly were decayed, the prince yet being fresh untouched afore, who them with speeches mild gan first dissuade from such foul outrage, and them long forbore, till seeing them through sufferance heartened more, himself he bent their furies to abate, and laid at them so sharply and so sore, that shortly them compelled to retrate, and being brought in danger to relent too late. But now his courage being throughly fired, he meant to make them know their folly's prize, had not those two him instantly desired to swage his wrath and harden their misprize, at whose request he gan himself advise to stay his hand, and of a truce to treat in milder terms as list them to devise, amongst which the cause of their so cruel heat he did them ask, who all that passed gan repeat, and told at large how that same errant knight to wheat fair Britomart them late had foiled in open tourney, and by wrongful fight both of their public praise had them despoiled and also of their private loves beguiled of two full hard to read the harder theft but she that wrongful challenge soon assoiled and showed that she had not that lady reft as they supposed but her had to her liking left to whom the prince thus goodly well replied certes sir knights Ye seemen much to blame to rip up wrong that battle once hath tried, wherein the honor both of arms ye shame, and eke the love of ladies foul defame, to whom the world this franchise ever yielded, that of their love's choice they might freely claim, and in that right should by all knights be shielded, against which meseems this war ye wrongfully have wielded. And yet, quoth she, a greater wrong remains, for I thereby my former love have lost, whom seeking ever since, with endless pains, hath me much sorrow and much travel cost. I, me, that gentle maid so tossed. But Scudamore, then sighing deep, thus said, Certes, her loss ought me to sorrow most, whose right she is, wherever she bestrayed, through many perils won, and many fortunes weighed. For from the first that I her love professed, unto this hour, this present luckless hour, I never joyed happiness nor rest, but thus turmoiled from one to other stour, I waste my life, and do my days devour in wretched anguish and incessant woe, passing the measure of my feeble power, that, living thus a wretch and loving so, I neither can my love nor yet my life forego. Then good Sir Clarabel him thus bespake. Now were it not Sir Scudamore to you, Dislikeful pain, so sad a task to take, Mot we entreat you, sith this gentle crew Is now so well accorded all anew, That as we ride together on our way, Ye will recount to us in order due All that adventure which ye did assay For that fair lady's love, past perils well apay. So gan the rest him likewise to require, but Britomart did him importune hard to take on him that pain, whose great desire he, glad to satisfy, himself prepared to tell through what misfortune he had fared in that achievement as to him befell, and all those dangers unto them declared, which, sith they cannot in this canto well comprised be, I will them in another tell. End of Canto Nine Recording by Thomas Copeland